Hello and welcome to Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. Um, I'm David Fraser. We've got a packed podcast and a packed podcast panel today because there's five of us uh, and we also have a really good guest coming on. So stay tuned, as they say, because we have Jamie Mackey joining us in the next 10 minutes, hopefully. Don't fast forward, by the way. If you just put the podcast on and you're listening to it, don't fast forward to 15 minutes in just to hear Jamie Mackey. Um, or do. Um, right, so who else is here? So we have Paul Finney is on the line. Hello, Paul. Good afternoon, David. Are you keeping well? I think so. I think Good. so. I love, just about. I love your fridge. Yeah, you can see my fridge behind me with, I think there's, there's a picture of my daughter when she was mascot many years oh, ago. okay. That's nice. That's actually her, and I didn't even set it up for this. Well um, done. How are you, Paul? Because you've not been that well. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm COVID-free and I'm back and I'm in the land of the living again, as in I could go outside again and I'm not self-isolated. And Barnett hasn't changed, it's still full of crap. Good. I'm pleased that you made a full recovery. Full You're recovery? Free, of course I am. What a thing to say. <laughs> I, I don't, don't get me wrong, you're a knob, but I don't want you to not recover. I don't want you to not recover from COVID. God, yeah. what a thing to say. <clears throat> um, also, here, also here is Chris Charles. Hey, yeah. Hello, Chris. How are you, doing? How are you mate? Yeah, good. I'm, thank you. I'm in the kitchen as well. Yeah, I am in the kitchen, and I've already been told to keep my voice down. So, so yeah. apologies for dulcet tones and echo. Now we have two Jameses today. I don't quite know how we're going to do this. I think we'll go with initials. So we have James Evans, hereafter known as James E who has been on a few times and is joining us again tonight. Hi, James. Hi, everybody. Yeah, hi, David. Yeah, I've been on um, first, first time this season, been on a while. You have a hat-trick of kitchen people. I'm in my kitchen. I'm at the kitchen <laughs> table. So, yeah. I, Do you think we're in the kitchen? Because we usually record this about five, six o'clock, and it's now nine o'clock. And I think if you have little people, basically, you end up in the kitchen at this time of night, don't you? Yeah. you always find us. You'll always yeah. find us in the kitchen on podcasts. Exactly. And yeah. so we we have James Norris, James M, nice. who joins us. Hi, James. How are you? Good evening, everybody. I'm good. Now, thank you. You are in Dubai. Have I got that right? I am. I am indeed. And, and you're not there on holiday. You live there. Is that right? Yeah, I live here um, quite a lot of the time. Um, obviously, due to um, COVID and stuff, travel restrictions have been quite tough uh, quite tough this year so I'm doing quite a long stim here at the moment one thing I wanted to ask you was as someone who presumably often watches QPR through a screen because you can't be there is this this experience for us as I think I speak for everyone fairly horrible and not novel anymore for, for someone who often doesn't can't get to games I'm presuming is this is this a different type of experience or is this sort of purgatory, what, what you, you guys always tend to experience? Uh, no, I mean, I've been to a lot of games over the last few, I mean, always still attend a lot of the matches anyway, back and forth quite a lot. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's equally as frustrating, I think. Uh, I mean, I think 
the coverage in the um, in the UAE is is quite good, but once you drop out of the Premiership, it's quite tough anyway. So it's not some when, once we're in the Premiership, you can see games all the time. But obviously, we haven't been there for a few years now. Um, I think the most the Championship we saw was uh, the 2010-2011 season, when obviously when we were you know we we're at the top, we we're virtually on every week. Um, so it's been equally as frustrating, I think, over here as well. Plus, we've had obviously different kind of uh, lockdown restrictions as well, which has been equally difficult. Mm. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, um, welcome, James. Uh, good to have you on you. with us. Um, okay. So, where should we start? Let's start. Well, first of all, I need to thank the people who've supported the episode. So, thank you to Matthew Riley, who's the episode sponsor. Um, he says. Uh, shout out to the season ticket holder I sat next to, sat in V or W, can't recall, in 2016 for the 3-0 home win against Brentford. It was my first football match as an American and he took us out after. The QPR family was incredibly inclusive and I've been a proud fan ever since. Cheers from Nashville. Thank you, Matthew. A, we, we get quite a lot of American followers, don't we? And that's why we are the best football club in the world, because we have them kind of fans. Well done. Well, thank you, Matthew. Thank you for your support. And the beers tonight are from Charlie Barrett. So thank you to both of them. Cheers, um, Charlie. Thanks, guys. Um, we have about five minutes or so, if Jamie Mackey is on time. Let's do these things in order. So let's do most recent first. So we're recording the night after Preston North End. Uh, Finney, you're always a good place to start with these things. We shade. And that's all you can say. I mean, okay, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, to be fair, I mean, 15, first 15 minutes, apart from not having a shot, we looked really good. But again, we just didn't have any penetration, bloody, bloody, blah. Um, defensively, that 80 yard pass is just absolutely screwed up my head. I just cannot get my head how you can be undone by a ball that bad in your own box and give away two penalties. And it should have been three penalties because Dickie hung on to your man's shirt like he was changing shirts early so and we didn't really trouble their goalkeeper so I was I'm concerned but I'm not worried I'm worried and concerned but we it just I don't know without Dykes we just we, I don't know what, oh, I'm rambling I don't know I, I couldn't make head and tail of that second half at all it wasn't good No we had one we had no shots on target I mean that's pretty abysmal and, and the way he set up at home um with that midfield and just Bond up front, who clearly isn't suited to playing up front on his own from what I've seen, just was was baffling. But as Paul said, to be fair, the first 20 minutes, um, Bond had a couple of chances. Um, you know, we, 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 we could have, you know, if, if we'd have scored first, it could have been a different game. But Preston did what they always do to us. We, we just, every time we fall for it, we get drawn into the game that they want us to play. Um, and they, it was exactly the same again last night. And they're sort of masters at that. And as soon as they go one nil up, out comes the dirty tricks book, um, you know. And they're you know it's like half an hour to take a throw in, and and the ref seemingly didn't do anything about it. I think there was like two minutes added on in the first half, or a minute maybe, um, uh, when they wasted at least five. But I mean that that's a different thing. I mean, but all you can say is they were they were better than us. Um, I'm not quite sure why he waited so long for the substitution. Um, it should have just been done at half-time. And Lee Wallace, yeah, I mean, he's taking absolute pelters. Thank God there wasn't fans there last night, as far as he's concerned. 
because he would have got a lot of stick. <clears throat> and rightfully so in a way. I mean, he gave away the two penalties, although no one was calling him out after that great performance at Bournemouth. So I think he is a bit of a scapegoat. He's been hung out to dry a little bit. So I do feel sorry for him. But if you give two penalties away, um, you're going to get stick, unfortunately. Um, James N, what did you make of it? Uh, I was on, I only managed to see the first 20 minutes. Uh, we oh, had lucky Dubai. guy. Lucky guy, yeah. We had a Dubai <laughs> hours gathering and um, then I had to jump on a... Um, jump on a call work-wise and stuff so I, I was kind of following it whilst I was on a call as well and uh, it seemed from what everybody was saying it was one you know sometimes you get a variation in sort of opinions everybody's opinion seemed pretty solid last night there was no excuses everybody was uh, everybody seemed to feel very empty that I spoke to and social media seemed to have the uh have the same feel. I, I don't know if they probably, there was a bit of a realisation this morning that maybe, you know, after the, the signings and stuff, that we're a long way from where we hoped or thought we are. Um, what Wallace, like you say, it seems to be a bit of a full guy from what everybody is saying, but um, I think it makes Saturday so important now, doesn't it? I think we, we win, we can uh, we can move forward. If we get if we get a disappointing result again on Saturday, I think... Uh, it's going to be um, the start of a very difficult period, possibly. Well, we haven't won since the opening game of the season, which yeah. feels quite a long time away now. So, James E, are you worried? What, generally? Or about QPR? <laughs> Let's keep it to QPR. <laughs> OK. Um, I, think, I think James N hit the nail on the head. It's like these next couple of games it's always that cliche but they just feel so vital now mm. and I actually did 20 minutes less than James N because I thought QPR Preston at home midweek it's one or two <laughs> or Preston and I was a, I had a couple of things work-wise so I sort of followed it and, I, and then it, they always seem to just have a number on us at home and it seems to be an identikit result for us against Preston and that's one thing that's a bit tiring the games that we lose we always tend to lose you know, it's like the London derbies, you know, there's the odd exception, which people love to remember. But a lot of the time you see a game coming up, three, four fixtures down the road. You're like, yeah, that's that's one that's earmarked for, um, you know, in my head, I've got Wickham getting their first win against us because I can just feel it. <laughs> uh, I've got that as well. I've got that feeling too. I could, I could just feel it. Um, it feels so like I just, Swindon, doesn't it? It does. Swindon it does. back in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, picking off six points against QPR. And um, I just... It's a bit worried me last night, and I've got to ask you this. High stuff with them penalties as well actually scored as well. They were just, they trickled in, didn't they? That was really frustrating. We, we can't stop penalties being scored. I saw a stat that said... Oh, crap, penalties? Tw- 21 out of the last 23 penalties we've conceded have gone in and 12 out of the last 13. Now, you can't do anything about it if they're worldies, but from my recollection, they, they weren't. And I know you can't, the, 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 the probability of scoring is with the taker, but we don't seem to get anywhere near it. We don't seem to psych out the penalty takers. I love it. It really makes a difference when a defender or a goalie like freaks out the taker before they've even taken it, you know, goes up to him and says, you're going to miss this, words to that effect. We don't seem to do any of that. We just seem well, to let them score. <laughs> I, I was talking about this a few weeks ago, right at the start of the season, like um, <clears throat> having that sort of backbone and that. I mean, the thing last night, as soon as we went down, <clears throat> one, one nil down, 
everyone just sort of seemed to give up. They didn't know what to do. There was mm. no, there was, I mean, we're going to, you know, I'll probably ask Jamie about this in a minute, but played in that Neil Warnock team, you know, uh, you have a bit of fight about you. Uh, and I, I don't know, we don't seem to have a, a natural leader who's going to G everybody up. And like you say, you don't want to watch, if you, I wouldn't want to watch Preston all the time because all that niggly stuff is horrible to watch. We don't have any of that, you know. We just we're just too nice, and we've been guilty of that, if that's the right word, for, for quite a long time. And as for the penalty, yeah, it, it does help if you if you if you wait till it, till they till they take it before you dive. I mean, basically, he dived, and then the, then he could just pick his spot. It was ridiculous. Although you know, Dieng generally been impressed with him, but maybe it's just maybe there's something because uh, uh, I, I don't can't remember that we've had a decent penalty saver since Smithies. Um, Smithies was exceptional, but uh, since then, as you say, it's been appalling. But also, James Evans, tell me why we think that um, Barbe has turned into some kind of Brazilian free kick taker when he clearly isn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if, all of last season, when you were you know, allowed to watch games in kind of the flesh, every time he's rolling up for a free kick, you're in, oh, this is going straight into the wall, isn't it? And he must have had about eight or nine at home across the course of the year. And none of them threatened the goal at any point in time. He's clearly a talented player in terms of he's got some good football in ability, especially for a centre-half. But he shouldn't be... He should never be the designated free kick taker. Not if it's just... You've had a whole season of seeing how it went before. Uh, that, yeah, that rankled me towards the end of, uh, you know, kind of the, the second part of last season after the lockdown. I was like, oh, here we go. You can, and just, just absolutely predictable. But um, I mean, it's, it's tough. I do, I do think it's Wallace is getting a harder time as well because it then goes into the classic. Oh well, we shouldn't have got get, let Manning go, and it's just it's so easy to sort of pick the things that people then like to moan about. You can almost you can just see it kind of incoming three, two, one, Ooh. and um, yeah. I mean, they were poor penalties in terms of conceding, and they were uh, one of them was just dribbled in, wasn't it? It was, um, yeah. it was so poorly taken. Jen could have almost dived the other way and maybe got it. <laughs> uh, are we happy with Jen? So far, it's a bit, a bit early to judge him. He's only had a handful of games, but I, I think he looks more of a commanding presence than we've had. I mean, you know, last night, we couldn't, you know, just what said what we've said, you know, about penalties, but really, you can't really blame the keeper for letting penalties in but um, I, I think generally he's been, he's been good uh, One thing we haven't talked about last night could, I know so um, James E didn't watch the game or didn't watch right. too much right. of it I followed him uh, I've seen the highlights but yeah well, well James N watched 20 minutes of it and the rest of us were sat in front of the screen but I'm not sure I actually got to watch any of it because you could hardly see anything that wasn't just me was it no that, that was did, awful it was miles away. There was no, yeah. there was no zooming in. There was no alternative. I don't think they went far enough. I'd have gone the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like it someone was... was making a pirate video of the game. I mean, surreptitiously can... phoning with yeah. a mobile phone. Weird. And also, if you, I know that people could watch it through QPR Plus, but I watched it through Sky, um, and you don't get it in HD when you do it on the red button in Sky. And so in SD. And miles away with a terrible camera person doing it, it it, it probably the lip, I mean watching football in lockdown is not enjoyable anyway. But this was the championship game of unenjoyable football in lockdown in terms of viewing experience. I mean it was really terrible, wasn't it? Um, yes. 
Okay, right. So um, people who heard me say um, Jamie Mack is on in 10 minutes have fast-forwarded the podcast and they've got to this point and he's still not here. He's coming on in a few minutes. So just don't keep don't keep don't keep fast forwarding it on. Let's talk briefly. Um oh I know what I want to ask you. I want to ask you about Wallace. Is the criticism of him unfair? Anyone else? No. He's an average he's an average player, isn't he? I think we have to uh come to terms with you know, now that Ezzy's gone. Um Obviously, the new players we haven't really um, been able to see yet, so it's a bit early to judge. But is there any is there anything there that really excites us other than Wallace? You know, not, sorry, not just Wallace. Is there anything in the squad that excites excites us at the moment? I think we can all probably agree that Chair's been a little bit disappointing. What is there in that sort of team? I uh, think Dickie's been a high a highlight. Obviously, uh, last night maybe not so much, but it's. Might be a bit unfair and a bit hasty. I would say most of the excitement in that squad probably wasn't on the pitch last night, I would say. So I'm quite excited to really see Dykes, you know, play half a dozen, 10 games in a row and to see how that pans out. Obviously, he's had two or three or whatever it is so far, but he hasn't he hasn't really got stuck in yet. And then the partnership between him and Bond. But, but Adoma, in his two appearances, has... He's got a vibe about him, hasn't he? I know he sports QPR and all the rest of it. It comes on and there's at least a bit of excitement when the ball is at his feet. And he was very unlucky last night not to get that consolation goal. So I, I, I'm, I'm quite excited about those two, at least. I, I just think, though, just play him. About, about who else? Sorry, um, Albert and who else are you excited about? Obviously, Dykes. Dykes, yeah. Yeah. Dykes I, I and... Think, um... I think the forest. I've got, I've got a couple of good forest mates out here, and they, you know, they they liked him and they said he was a crowd favourite. They do think his legs have just started to uh, to go. Um, I think quite actually, some people were saying it on social media after the um, the Bournemouth game, but they said, yeah, he's a crowd favourite, and he, you know, he's full of tricks and stuff like that. So, yeah, he could be one that um, gets us sort of going a little bit, I guess. I think the problem we've got is we still have a high turnover of players. You know, like it's always, you know, 10 to 15 players in and out, as it has been for a few years. So it just takes time for things to happen. And I hate that because it sounds like I'm passing the buck and I'm not. But it would just be nice to not be like, we don't really know how this team is going to shape up yet because so many of them are new. Because yeah. so often they're new. You know, I don't, how many how many people did we end up getting rid of and signing this year? I'm not quite sure. Is it 10? Nine or ten, I think, wasn't it? Probably it? Would be. yeah. it probably would yeah. be about that. And that all takes time. But I would say that without those couple of exciting little additions, I feel like we do look a little bit lightweight when they're not there. Mm. No mm. dykes. And then, you know, chair not kind of, you know, chair might could do with having a little bit of a rest, you know, just for a couple of games. It might get a bit of a spring in his step because obviously he's been given the number 10 shirt and, you know, that's that comes with added pressure at QPR. Uh, I, I think I love him. I think he's a great player, but he's not hit his former heights, and maybe he's missing Ezzy. I don't know, but um, I do think we look a little bit thin. I, I think we were right, right last night. To be fair, I, I, I mean, he, he was right. He came off. He seemed to have, you know, um, puffing and puffing, and not didn't really do much the second half. But the first half, I thought, I thought Chair was pretty decent. Um, as for yeah, as for the players, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Hammerline and coming in, just sort of signed a four-year deal today. 
I mean, as you, you know, but you, Chris, we're not yeah. going to talk about that. Okay. The reasons, I'm, I'm, if you could see me now, I have my hand on my ear, like okay. they do on TV, and say, I'm just getting news that Jamie Mackey is here. Okay. We'll so we will after. return to that. Um, and it looks like he is here. Hi, Jamie. How are we, lads? Yeah, hey. good. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Welcome things. back. Thank well, we need, a bit of, we need a bit of cheering up, I think, because um, we've just gone through the defeat last night. Um, oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you manage to catch up with any of it at all? Well done. Well, David, you scared the life out of me. I mean, it was only one question. It was only one question, uh, but he's he's disappeared. So, Chris, he's moved, he's moved to the kitchen, David. He's moving to the. <laughs> That's what it is. Don't worry. But being in the kitchen, be good to just, go. Just, just going back to the players, I think. Well, Jimmy works out what he's doing. I think the, the, the new stands are good, but I think when you play Cher and. Um, Carol in midfield, you're quite sure. But also, I think Cameron's been really disappointing as a captain and his performances as well. He hasn't been up to what he could be, perhaps, as well. But we look good against Bournemouth, looked terrible last night. It's, it's maybe that's the way it's going to be. I don't know. It's just very strange. But I think with Carol and um, Cher, we need to have a little bit of something else in that midfield to make it work. Well, we set up the same. I mean, for Bournemouth, I thought that the way they set up against Bournemouth it was great. It was, it was exactly the way we should have done try and hit him on the break. Should have come over away with the points there, but at home, I mean, I, I just like as I said earlier on, it just baffled me really. I mean, we, I hit one front. Come, Chris. Sorry, lads. Oh, hey. no, That's all right. Sorry, lads. I thought I pressed the wrong thing. <laughs> so, Jamie, the first question we have is: Are you in the kitchen? I am in the kitchen. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> We're all in the kitchen. Yeah, because we've been out of the lockdown and such. I was big on the Zoom calls for ages because I was still playing and doing training and stuff for the Zoom calls. And now it's been, what, two or three months not doing the Zoom calls. I haven't done them for ages and I lost my, lost my way around it. <laughs> have you put any extra weight on, Jimmy? Or are, you, are you still keeping yourself fit? Uh, you know what? I am, I'm keeping myself fit, but I'm on, I'm on the cusp of needing to do a little bit more and I want to start, so... I want to keep going. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not going to do a Ricky Hatton. No. <laughs> How you find it though? Not being a player anymore. Well, that must be bloody weird. Very strange. It is very strange. I think. Do you know? Do you know what? The transition's been made so much easier for me on the basis of from watching so much football at the minute is that not having fans there, it seems. It seems a bit surreal this season anyway, so I think it's new for like all the players who are playing. So for me not playing, it doesn't... You, you know, if it got to... I think the thing I thought would be the toughest was like three o'clock on a Saturday if I'm out with the kids or doing something that's just not normal for me on a Saturday and the lads are all playing and, you know, just like the change room and the buzz of the crowd and I'm going to watch games live, I'll probably be sitting there going, oh you'd still have that buzz to play because that's not there. I think that's made it a little bit easier to sort of like transition through. So, Jamie, so you, you played a couple of games behind closed doors, didn't you, at the end of last season? Yeah. Have I got that right? Because you guys yeah. are in the playoffs. Are you saying, you're yeah. sort of saying the players hate it or am I, or am I overcooking it there? 
No, no, no. From from the players I speak to, I speak to players from all from all different levels of footballs, coach, uh, coaches, players playing playing in the Premier League, playing in League One, League Two, Championship. All, all, all my friends and the people I played with play at all different levels, and it's been consistent from what I've been saying. It's really strange. It's just not the same. I think you you can see in the Premier League. I think there's been very few clean sheets. I think one nil nil this point and there's got to be some sort of correlation to the fact that teams and individuals are probably playing slightly differently on the basis of no fans it's just I've noticed I've been doing quite a few games actually uh, watching games and um, reporting on them and, and what have you and I've sort of noticed myself I don't know what you guys think with with the QPR games the tempo hasn't quite been the same as normal from what I've noticed and it's just I think everyone obviously I think it's great for everyone that the lads are playing football. I understand that, but I just it is it is different. It's very different without the fans there for everyone, isn't it? So I think the feedback I've got from from the lads is it's just it's very strange, and I think they've almost got used to it now that it's not. When I did it, we were in the playoffs, like you said, and it was very strange because it was like we got three games, three three massive games for us as players in the football club. And there was no fans there. It just didn't seem like playoff football. That's half. That's half the the the, the point about the playoffs is that it's such a big occasion. There was no one there. But now the lads are playing. There's so many fixtures: Saturday, Tuesday. I think they've just got used to it, right? And it's it's becoming kind of normal for them. But the games still feel a little bit effective from the ones I've seen. Jamie, do you think Wembley was? Um... You know, obviously, some people were saying, I don't think that the um, the final should have even been at Wembley because there's no fans there. But obviously, getting to Wembley, not every player gets to play at Wembley. So, you know, like it's still their right to play there, you know, and it's something that they'll still look back at. Did that seem, obviously, you didn't get, get the right result on the, on the day, on the night anyway, but did it seem very shallow was it strange was it really uh a weird sort of i mean i we can was celebrating obviously it meant equally as much to them but it, it just seems so strange watching the playoffs more i mean it's been horrible watching football full stop i think we all agree on that without yeah. the fans but but the, the wembley thing especially i mean it's like it's meant to be a you know an occasion that you know that you you, you take to the grave obviously but it just seems so strange watching playoff finals yeah. at Wembley, and uh, you know, uh, it, to be fair, it, it was it was quite it was quite good actually to see Brentford and Fulham there. <laughs> you know, was, two, was, was, was two very poorly supported clubs, and I thought, you know, that was uh, <laughs> it, it was good that I had to battle it out there. Yeah, well, look when 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 the lads got promoted at Wembley and everyone was there. Um, and obviously, I wasn't in the squad then, but close friends of mine at the football club were there. And obviously, QPR had their whole section. It was unbelievable. And obviously, being the nature of like a last-minute goal, it was just... Yeah, exactly. Obviously, that's... Yeah, of course, that's something that I speak to QPR fans and they're like, that's the best game they've ever seen and been to. And of course it is, because it's last-minute, got to the Premier League, packed house at Wembley. Obviously, as a player, you'd go we want to go up automatic, but if you could guarantee winning in those circumstances, surely I've never, I've, never 
Oh, of course, for the, for the fans and, and the lads in that squad go down in history. And it's like for memories for, for younger fans as well. I think it, it gives you that real strong sort of affiliation with the club. You've seen a club get promoted at Wembley. It's massive. And I think that's just a sort of uh, an amazing uh, achievement for someone in their career. Although losing in that game, I've been on the other side. It's obviously the worst place to lose. But without the fans there, I think going back to the game I played in, obviously it wasn't an advantage or disadvantage for either team because uh, Wickham on the day um, got the job done and, and thoroughly deserved to go through all at night. So, but it, it wasn't an advantage or disadvantage for either side. We were both in the same boat and we were very new in this whole football world with no fans because it was one of the first games played with no fans. So I, I think that for some players who hadn't played at Wembley, of course, they've, they've got the opportunity. I do, I do think it was the right thing that it was at Wembley because you had to make yeah. some sort of occasion without the fans. Effectively, it could have been played on a training ground because yeah. no one was just... It's just the game, whoever wins goes up. But it was the right thing to do to play at Wembley. However, it was, it was so strange playing yeah. did, it hurt, did it hurt less with fans not being there was it easier to get over with without having to look at thousands of fans heartbroken do you know do you know what it, it it's a strange one because winning it would have been better with the fans there but losing it is you've lost you know and you can't get any worse feeling that like if my mum and dad were there or, or, or all, my, all the fans were there and they've lost, obviously it will compile where you're at, but you can't get any lower than, than losing because the lads want to win. So yeah. it, it didn't necessarily make it worth losing because you can't get any lower. I don't think I would have felt lower because the fans are there because I knew they were watching when they get promoted. It's, it's such a lovely feeling losing in the final, but I think winning it uh, obviously was our goal and uh, but winning it without the fans there, obviously it'd be miles better if the fans are there when you've won it because just the celebration. But the losing is losing is is terrible, isn't it? It's the worst place. It's the worst place in the world. The worst scenario that you can lose in. And um, I think the lads who are in the squad now will, will take the experience and, and not want to experience it again. But um, yeah, I think I think winning it at Wembley without any fans. Obviously, you've won, and that's and that's the goal. But it would have, it would have been amazing if there was fans there, just non-stop. You know, I'm thinking, Jimmy. Can you imagine? I mean, say for instance, you were the kind of player. I'm just putting this in your head. That scored a winner against Liverpool, and scored one of the most famous goals in football history at the Eddie had with no fans. How different would that have felt? Oh, oh God, yeah. Great I question. Think, I think, yeah. 100% of course it was it the, the fact in say the Liverpool game was it wasn't the fact that we scored and we won just the points in that game it was such a momentum build up for the fans for the team it became a place where for the for that running in that particular time that you're talking about became oh we've got Arsenal at home Tottenham at home Stoke at home, big games where we were like, well, we've won against Liverpool. Everyone in the ground believed we could win now. And it just really felt a massive shift. Without that, 
it's just another game with no atmosphere. That's how it, I think it seems to become. So I would have hated it. And me finishing football, I say it again, is that like, I, you know, when you're at home and you, you, which I said, I was going to say cheat, but I never cheated. I, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you know how you bend the rules and you, and, and you use the energy of your own crowd to silence, say, their players and their tempo and, and, and get the ref away from home. Just, I, I don't know, people think that football, you've got 11 v 11, you're playing anywhere. Why should it be different you play home and away? Well, and, and why would the ref be influenced if he was, we're playing at home or we're playing away? However, it does work like that and you can get better decisions at home and you can play on, you can play on the crowd or you, you, you play somewhere where the crowd's a bit hostile and you fire into them and you silence them. They get a bit edgy. You can feel that in ground. You can really play on that. And you, you look at the clock, you see different times within the game. You can feel that as a player and you can build momentum within games on the back of that. Without the fans, it's a training game, essentially, where it's become a little bit slower. For argument's sake, in a game, there's the chance to keep the ball. And at some places where I've played, you can hear their fans going or, or our own fans potentially getting a little frustrated with the tempo of the pass or why you're just keeping the ball. You can feel that and, and less experienced players make the wrong decision on the back of that. Now, potentially they're not doing that. However, the game's been affected and that's why I think the tempo of the game's been effective, uh, effective, potent, uh, affected sorry, potentially. Yeah, I mean the thing with that Liverpool game is you say about the, you scoring the goal and you know the, the amazing uh, reception and the, the just the outpouring of joy when you scored that goal. I mean, we, we, the chances are we might not have even been able to come back from two them down without the fans. Without the fans, you pull one back, you know, and then all all of a sudden the fans you can like you just said you can sense that the fans think you've got a chance and that gives you that extra five ten percent or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I mean. There's some places um, where I've played at all, all, all the different levels where the, the fans are a bit um, away from the pitch, the atmosphere is quite a few of the sort of newer grounds, I feel, a little bit soulless and you don't get that real emotion necessarily, a real connection between the fans and the, uh, and the players. Now, at, at that time with that squad and, and the fans, there was a real connection and the nature of Loftus Road being so tight, it, it is that players have struggled there. I've played with plenty of players who struggled there on the back of it at the same time because it's so intense in terms of, in terms of crowds on top of you, you can hear everything. It, it, it's demanding in terms of the way we want to play. However, that squad, we felt where we were really together as a club because we'd been up the majority of the lads in the squad have got promoted. And um, like you say, it, it gave us that belief and, and, and a real sort of connection between the fans that we all collectively thought we could stay up. So I, it's a real tricky time at the moment to, for, for the boys to play football. I think in, in these conditions, it's not something I'm looking, going, I'm missing playing. I wouldn't like to play for me. I was just saying about last night as well, we went a goal down and we played all right for 15, 20 minutes. It just seemed to suck the life out of us. There was, a, and I think partly it's because I was just mentioned uh, your, your squad before. You had leaders in there, people who would, you know, like yourself, like Clint Hill, Sean Derry, people who pick you up by your bootstraps. 
So part of it was there didn't seem to be anybody cheering us on last night. And part of it, I think, like you said, there was no crowd to, 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 to get them going again, to pick them up. Yeah, it's really, obviously, as fans, everyone makes, um, you know, you can go back through and sort of make connections and, and links between old squads and, and everyone compares it to that squads now. And there's been better squads through the years and better squads now and better players. It, it's how it is. And it's like, it, it's hard to, it's hard to really sort of compare sides. However, I, I think the 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 beauty of the squad that I was in at QPR was exactly what you said. It was just packed with leaders. And, and it meant that in scenarios in the game, it wasn't like you had to look at the manager or you had to like take loads of energy from other people. The demands put on each player were from each player. And I think in general, that's probably changing just in terms of the characters of, of, of younger players now. And I think that that's just a shift within... Within within football, it's become it's become generally a little bit quieter. There isn't as many natural leaders from from what I saw um, at the back end of my career, and that's just a shift within football. I think all all, all over the game, so it's um, it's tough. Jamie, I've got a question. Um, earlier on, you were speaking about you know hating to lose and stuff, and I've always wanted to ask someone that played in the QPR Man City game, the famous game. Because obviously you took the lead, you scored that great header, I went two and I, I was absolutely losing my mind. And I, I love the fact that um, obviously we stayed up, but I won't lie, I was really, really pissed off that we actually didn't win that match. I didn't really care about the City United thing, because I'm a QPR fan. I didn't really give two monkeys who won the Premier League. Was anyone actually a bit annoyed that they didn't win the game? Because I thought we deserved to win it. And then just obviously everything went mad. But... Given like how competitive footballers are and watching you play for years, you you know, and you scored that would have been a famous goal. You've been like, Yeah, I was the guy that scored that goal and it stopped City from winning their Premier League title. I think on, on the last point, I think it's probably more famous because we lost and Aguero scored. So because yeah. yeah, good point. So Very good yeah, point. Yeah, because he scored and it's that big, does would anyone bar QPR fans care really that I had scored and we'd stayed up anyway? United won the league. So I think ironically, like it's probably bigger for us guys and QPR. We've had more press on it on the back of that. It was such an iconic goal that Aguero scored. So that's the first one. I mean, I, I, so the last, I think it was in the summer they had, um, the game was shown all the way through. And I hadn't watched it, and Sky, Sky Sports played it. And um, I was on the phone to um, Deza, Hilly, Joey, and we were all chatting about it, going, haven't we, haven't we won that game? We're, I think, three minutes, four minutes. And we were, like, going, like, we, with that long to go, we should have, like, haven't we won that? And you look back and then you go, we managed the game, like, really well up to that point, in a way. And just went mad. Uh, yeah, and then we just, I, I mean, in, in all honesty, come on, they had a million chances and 99.9% and possession. So it was, it was a tough <laughs> afternoon. But we, we, we did watch it back and kind of go, on the day, my only thought was the only time that I've lost but been prepared to celebrate because we stayed up. And if you had said to me at the beginning of the season, watch your rain, 
in my, mine was for the club, playing the Premier League again. Stay up, build on it. We all know we didn't quite build on it how we should have done. However, <laughs> I, I, I was just a player. So I was going, I was thinking in a logical pathway, we're going to stay up and build on it. So the, the only way to do it is like the platform first season in the Premier League. I've, I've always thought the aim for teams is stay up. That's it. You can build on that every year. So in the end, we stayed up. And we lost the game. And it was like, when you look back, you're like, oh, we've lost the game, but we're celebrating. It's like, well, that's never happened in my life. And it, it won't happen. <laughs> you don't oh. celebrate losing. You don't celebrate losing. But us staying up was like us winning the Premier League. Yeah. And they won the Premier League. So, I, wasn't an- I wasn't annoyed that you guys were celebrating. I was chuffed that we were still there. But I genuinely, your reaction was, we've, all right, they did have some chances. But I was like, it's 90 minutes. I think we could hold on here. I think we could hold nah. on and do it. <laughs> Jay? James, can I just ask you a question? How did so? Yeah. I, I sorry, not not Jamie, uh, James. But what you're saying there is a good. I, I kind of get where you're coming from, but I think at the start of that day, I think we'd have taken anything that was. Uh, we'd have said if we're if we're on. I mean, I I could have got a ticket for that game. Uh, I was, but I, I stayed in Dubai because I think if I fly back, we're going to lose. I'm very sort of superstitious like that, but I probably was. Yeah, but, then, but then how were you the year before with the Leeds game? Because, um, again, we're celebrating, but we lost. How, how, how was that? Was, was, was that different? That, that's a great question. That was, yeah. really, that was what, that's what Jamie Mackey just described to how he felt is how I felt as a fan. Like, I know we lost, but I did not care. Not <laughs> yet. Um, Jamie, I know there's now three James or Jamies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so Jamie Mackey. Um, why yeah. did you retire? Why did you retire, and what you're doing now? Yeah, so uh, it wasn't a knee-jerk decision on the back of losing at Wembley for sure. It was something that I just thought that. So I had my second spell at QPR, and I had a lot of injuries. You know, I, I I don't look back and say I could have changed anything. I would have loved to have been a better player in my second spell at QPR. Um, but I tried everything to be. I just, my body let me down at that point when it hadn't. I'd honestly been, um, I picked up the broken leg in my first spell, but that was an impact injury. Apart from that, I've been really good for injuries. And it just went boom at that one time, which was, um, it, I feel like it was regret, but it wasn't because I, I didn't do anything different than be like a really good pro and do everything I could have done. However, didn't work out. I had loads of injuries. And then I got the opportunity. I thought that I still had a bit of football left at me and potentially not at the division I've been playing in and got the opportunity at Oxford. And I thought, look, I, I've still got a bit of football in me. And I went there and to be honest with you, I loved it. I, I met some really good lads, some some players with lots of ability and they've got, and, and lads have gone in, gone on from the squad that I've, I've been in and, and Dickie's come to you which I'm absolutely buzzing about he's a great great lad and he's got huge potential so hopefully um, he can do well and um, I believe he will now so I loved it my time but really when I signed that deal for them I thought I'll put everything in for the two years but it's probably that would be my last contract to sign and I think that potentially I could have played for another year and been like a squad man and I really enjoyed helping the younger lads and being around them and love their energy and I, I, I love football I absolutely love it but I didn't want to be that person who was on the bench all the time going up to like all these different grounds not 
really playing that much, knowing that I can't really offer what I could have done before. Uh, mentally, that hard, do you know what I mean? I couldn't, I found it really hard, that transition from being, get, thinking I can get to a ball and that's how I played. And then I couldn't quite get that. I didn't, I didn't like that adjustment. And I just thought that uh, it's the right time for me. And um, yeah, so, so that's, that's why I finished. And I think it, it, it was definitely the right time for me. And um, what are you doing now? You're doing a bit of media work. Is that right? Yeah. So actually I'm doing a couple of things. So um, I've been doing a couple of media uh, bits, which I've really enjoyed, still watching football, um, met some good people, learning all the time because it's like starting completely different. And it's, it's, I've got one of the headsets on, there's all sorts going on. So I've got to learn quickly and, and, and I'm prepared to learn, but I've really enjoyed the shows that I've done. But I'm working actually with uh, my financial advisor who, who worked for a big company. I, I've worked, I used him for all my career and I've been meeting lads who don't necessarily have advice at the moment, but they're in good position playing football, but just trying to help them do the right things between now and when they get to my age. So they've got the choices uh, when they finish because there's a lot of bad advice out there and um, a lot of lads don't actually have the knowledge and it's just trying to help them. So I've enjoyed doing that and um, that's going really well. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of players at the moment and having the interaction with them, but having the opportunity to try and help them with their career moving forward. Can, you, can I ask you a question, if you don't mind? Now, I read there was an interview with Clint Hill recently where he absolutely killed me by telling the story about CC at the training ground and coming in basically dressed like some kind of weird thing. And then Paddy Kenny told a story recently about Mike Rigg. How insane was that QPR time for, for that squad? Was it completely bonkers? Mental. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Ne never seen. I, I would go on to clubs after that and they'd say, they'd be like, can't believe this has happened. Look how he's acting. I would look and go, just normal. Like, there's no, there's no don't say anything that wrong with what is that it was like every day it was just oh don't, don't. I didn't I didn't enjoy that squad being honest with you and that's you know one of the reasons I played football is because I loved the sort of team environment and going from the change room we did have which was the best I've ever been in by a mile to that was just it was it was just a crazy crazy experience and it was um, I've got, you know, the thing, the thing with it is, is there, there's individuals who, who are individuals and live their life the way they want to live their life. Got no problem with that at all. But it was just the wrong mix of so many different types of personalities in one changing room. It just didn't marry up at all. And then obviously results, um, you could see that in, in results, couldn't you? Yeah, Jamie, could I just, just sorry, Philly, just jump in there. I, um, I was there when you, uh, you were out in Dubai. Um, and uh, I could uh, I could sense this, and I'm uh, I'm not just saying this because you're on the uh, you're on the call, mate. I was there. I mean, uh, we, we had, uh, you probably remember the Dubai hours coming down to the training ground and that when you were when you're over there, and I could see the likes of you and Clint and uh, Derry. I could see a big differentiation between yourselves and the other lads there. Now. Obviously, you all have your different mates in football and your clicks and stuff like that. Um, but I could see you guys were a lot more sort of interacting with the, 
you know, with with the fans as well, uh, especially the kids and stuff. And uh, you could you could sort of you could you could see. I think we all kind of we kind of knew we were down. I think our heart, in our heart and hearts at that time anyway. I think you came. I think you came out to Dubai end of January, early February with Harry, wouldn't it? And um, I, I think you, you could sense the body language amongst the players that there was. Uh, I think we all knew we were, we were probably on a you know hiding to uh, you know to nothing at that point. But I could see the difference between you guys and the rest of the, uh, especially the foreign squad. Yeah, I think that I think that it came out at the time that there was like grumbles from from the likes of me and sort of other players that had been there a while that the like disparity in wages was the problem with with the sort of like different clicks within. And being honest with you, it's like some of the lads we had signed had won the Champions League and 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 won the Premier League and they they'd obviously had far far better careers than I had and it should have earned more money than I, I never once had a problem that I signed my contract for QPR, which was, which was amazing. And it, it was in the Premier League and I was obviously more than happy to sign it for, for what I got for myself. And if I wasn't happy with it, I, I might not have signed, but I was, so I didn't care. Didn't matter to me if someone was on a pound a week or hundred. You signed a contract in it. You signed an improved contract in that summer, didn't you before? Yeah. 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 yeah we stayed up. So yeah. it was like, it, it was like amazing. No, we had stayed up. I played games. I wanted to stay as long as I could possibly stay. So my contract got extended. Brilliant. Now players came in on, on big money. It was well reported, wasn't it? Nothing yeah. to do. What, why care about someone coming in on whatever they're coming in? It's not my business. So I was happy with what my contract was. That wasn't the issue. I think it came out at the time that that could have been, a grumbling within the sort of different levels of wages throughout the team, where usually like a squad would be like fairly similar in what they were. That wasn't the issue. It was just the fact that there were so many different characters, different sorts of personalities thrown into the mix. And it was, everyone was on a different script and it, it can't work. You can't, you can't build a team. You look at, you look at all the best teams. They're essentially, it might not all get on, but the majority of the same sort of characters and all, all gel together on the pitch and you can see that we had we had so many different sorts of characters it, it wasn't going to work the, the year we got promoted what Neil Warnock done unbelievable again nothing to do with wages or what other lads are that's irrelevant to us it was the fact that he he assembled a squad and everyone was thinking in the same direction and sometimes Tarbs would be in a different direction but we knew that his ability was that good that, you know, we've all got to be in that direction. He might come off that path and that was it. In the end, it was too many players all on different pathways and, and that's why it just didn't, it just didn't work. Uh, was was Basinga as much of an Egypt as he seemed to be in, in reality as he was in the pitch? <laughs> I, I didn't get on with the fella. Nah, I... He, he wasn't my cup of tea. I, I wasn't his cup of tea. So that's just how it works in football. You know, I think it was just that clearly he had an unbelievable football career and he was a very, very good player. I just think that he he lacked effort playing for us. And that, that was the thing that stood out for me is that like, you've done what you've done, no problem. I actually, do you know what? I've got unbelievable respect for what you've done, but the here and now, we're trying to stay in the Premier League. 
the only way we're standing in the Premier League is if that's all parked and you put in flat out 100% effort in the here and now. And at the end of the day, some players didn't commit like that. That's a fact. He went off at Reading laughing, didn't he? Which is one of the famous mm. images when we went down that yeah. time. Or, you know, and just I, I could have, I could have very easily had wood with him over that. I was shocking, fucking shocking. Yeah. J- yeah. Jamie, who on the other side of it? Who was the big, the biggest time Charlie of that era with the best attitude? Who had won everything, had a brilliant career, but you couldn't fault the effort, the shift that they put in for QPR. Uh, righty, strong right for Righty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He he trained hard every day. Right, he trained hard, played in the games. You you watch the games. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I always felt he was like on it. Like he didn't, you never thought he's won this, he's done that. He's earned incredible money. Like he's had a great career. He, he was just like humble, worked hard. Like he just, it, it, it wasn't like, oh, I've just come to QPR. He, he, from, from when I was back, He's put a shift in, like worked hard, and that's first and foremost what what you're asking. That we're all on a level here to to not come here and just see out your career and get weighed in. Like you've got to come here and go. Like, you know, if you've been playing, I ne- I never had this because I never played at that level, right? At, at uh, Chelsea and Man United, and I'm, I'm trying to win the Premier League. I was stratospheres away from that. I understand where I was at as a player, but. The facts are that it's hard if you're going with playing with them top players and now you're playing with me and, and other players who might necessarily not be on that level. You, you look, you're going to look better, aren't you, when you're playing for that. Now, now you're here, you've come in and you've taken that move. There's an adjustment where you're like, whoa. But I'm looking at you going, you've had an unbelievable career. So step up and go, that's how it should be done. That's, that's the level. That's why you've been at there. I didn't see that from all the players. I, I didn't see, oh my God, that's why he's won the Champions League. He's ridiculous. Unbelievable pro. He's like at it every day and every game he's a joke, every, every day in training. I, I didn't see that from every player. And that's what I was like baffled by. Mm. Uh, Jamie, we've taken up a lot of your time. Uh, I want to ask you one more question before we let you go, if you don't mind, which is, have you caught up with QPR uh, at all this season, if you have, if you've seen any games, I don't know if you have. What what's your take on where we are after whatever it is, half a dozen games so far? Yeah, so I've spoke to I spoke to a few people. I think obviously the Bournemouth um, result first and foremost, getting a clean sheet is just a great platform away from home to get results. Um, I saw was it the Sheffield Wednesday goal, the last minute one, and um, obviously. With the striker getting off the mark straight away, that was that's obviously a big booster. I think that I really like Lyndon Dyke. I think that obviously it's probably from the start of the last two, him not starting the last two, he hasn't started the last two. Yeah, and I think no, obviously, that's right. yeah. yeah, and I think that he's like to start the games, I think he's a big miss if he's not starting. Do you know what I mean? And I think obviously he played the three games from Scotland and it's. Um, can be a trouble with with playing international football, but I think he he's a threat and a, and, a, and a handful. So I think he I think he's a really good signing, and I think obviously hopefully he's fit. I don't know if he's fit for the weekend or not. And then um, and then I think you know what I, I haven't watched 
all sits of the game, so you guys would know better from, from watching. I just think that um, keeping that clean sheet, giving you that platform to work off is the thing that probably at times struggled with last year and need to improve <laughs> on, on this year um, to have a chance of getting up the table. But you guys have watched all six games. I haven't watched every minute, so it'd be unfair for me to say where exactly I think the the squad's at at the minute. I just hope that... I think, obviously, the way the club's at at the minute, it's you're in... The market is tough to get a squad together and you've got to be like... I mean, like, Aussie Kakaia's come in and I believe he's done really well and he's, he's a player who's come in from the academy again and he's come in and he's filled into a hole and he's kind of making that his own. And Darnell was there before, he's then gone. And that's that's where the club's at a little bit at the minute, isn't it? From from what I believe from the outside, that if a player's doing well, then potentially they've moved on. So um, obviously I think Ryan Manning has moved on. And so the, the left-back slot is obviously, there's been a bit of a hole there since he, mm. he played and he played well last year. He got good assists, didn't he? So... Um, I see that Nico, uh, who is another young lad in the academy when I was there, has has signed a new deal. So maybe they'll bring them through. But I think that's where it's at. A lot of a lot of younger players coming through. Just hopefully they can get um, the results to to get up the right end of the table. Just quickly before you go, mate, what did you make of Nico? Did you have any dealings with him? Is he a nice fella? Because a lot of people have been saying that have been championing his cause, saying that he should be the new left back. Yeah, well, um, obviously I played more with with Ryan because he actually made his debut when I was there and he, he was really versatile, actually, played midfield. And then I saw last season, he, I watched a lot of him last season, he, he got a lot of assists flying up the left. up the left, And I think he was a bit of an outlet in the end. So Nico, being totally honest with you, was, was young when I was there and wasn't playing first thing but he'd come in and step in and, and was obviously very capable to step into training but play uh, games with him really so yeah, again it'd be unfair for me to say what I, what I think he's actually looks you know in training you can see things in training obviously you can step into training when I was there but games are just completely different like any young player you're going to have you're going to have inconsistencies at that, at that time but uh, like Aussie's come in and I believe he's done well in, in the games this season so once they get the opportunity, that's all they... Sometimes a young player, he's just going to carry on just being a player who's through the academy and he's just there. Like, unless they play, how do you know what they're going to be like? He needs the opportunity to play. Um, otherwise, I sort of feel, what's the point of a young player coming through? Mm. Jamie, we're going to let you go. You've been very generous with your time. You've definitely won Kitchen. You definitely won the kitchen. Best, <laughs> Best kitchen. kitchen. Best kitchen. Best kitchen. I think we've got four on this call, and you, you've definitely won. And you've also won Best James as well. Yeah, no, no question. No question. <laughs> I know, but I, I, only my dad calls me James, and I've been in trouble, so you can that one. <laughs> uh, Jamie, you, you are always brilliant and very generous with your time. Thank no you very, very much. Please do come again and um, good luck. Good luck with all the new bits and pieces that you do. Thank and you. Thanks for everything. Now, good luck this season. I hope it'll go well. I'm sure it will. Thanks Cheers, a lot. Jamie. Cheers. Appreciate it. See you later, guys. See you later, Cheers, bro. Bye. Right. Always good. Always good. Yeah.
It always goes on a lot longer than uh, we thought with uh, Jamie because he, he he gives a lot. I think James N, you're you you're in Dubai. It's gone ten o'clock. You must be on Friday already, surely. I think that's sorry, it. guys. Yeah, I have, yeah Friday. Uh, it's one a one a.m. now. Oh gosh! Oh. Right. Well, we'll <laughs> we'll try not to uh, keep you too much longer. Then why don't we do yeah. an expanded? You look better than dark, James. Be fair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do an expanded R's end? So bits and pieces, but also anything else that we haven't um, quite covered and sort of throw any other points in there. And I'm going to go first to Chris. Oh, thank you very much. Um, well, first of all, just on the back of what Jamie said then, I love how the fact that he said they were they, they all sat down afterwards and watching it back and couldn't decide how they had won the game. And one of the blokes there was Joey Barton, we might have had half a chance, Joe, if you'd actually stayed on the pitch, mate. You know, um, so that was that. That was an interesting point. Um, that, what I was going to talk about um, was uh, what I was going to talk about was um, Amos um, in the mm. Bournemouth game. Um, at, at, it was actually, ironically, probably his best game for us. That game, he looked like he was dictating things a bit, and uh, I think that's a big loss for us. And and that. Seeing a fellow player injured like that has probably had a bit of an effect on the squad as well, you would think, if it's one of, one of the lads and you know you're not going to see him again playing this season. So, yeah, it, and I believe it's, it's, it's the second time he's done it. And, of course, we've had history of this with Ali. Um, it's a horrible thing to go for. And, yeah, my heart goes out to him, really. I agree. I agree. Uh, was that your R's end as well? Not really, but I just saw. I mean, the R's end, believe it or not, was going to be the fact that I saw a thread on Luffer Words that it was Adel Tarab's 31st birthday today. And while I've been on this call, I've looked it up. He was actually 31 in May. Uh, so it's like she's 30, 31 and a half birthday. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, basically, it, it, you know, I could talk about Adel Tarab all day. But um, yeah, it, it, it just reminded me how lucky we were to have him for that, particularly that those couple of seasons, particularly the one in the Championship. So, yeah, that was it, really. Everyone else can fill the boots now. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go. So, I just have a thought, really, before I get on to my main Narzen, which is around Nico Hamelainen. I see lots of people saying he's the answer, get him in the team. My question is, how does anyone know? How does anyone, everybody, there's a lot of clamour for him to be in the team. I think he's played three games for us. And I don't think he's played a game for us for three years. And he's 23 or 24 years old. So, he might he might come in and do great, but what, I don't quite get the logic of like the sure the, the the confidence with which people are saying he's the answer. Get him in the team. How does any unless anyone's a Kilmarnock fan? How does anyone know that he's? Yeah, the you, you, you can always get better when you're not playing, can't you? Yeah, yeah, that's I think, true. I think, I think the thing is with, with with stuff like that, though, it's like. I don't think people realised how decent a job Manning was doing. And I know that the, 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 there's a few local journalists and a few people did a bit of a hatter job on Manning when he left and how he left and the, the reasons for it. I don't know. I'm not involved. I don't know what happened up there. And I see that, that, that you know, he, he, and he did get, he did a hatter job on him, in my opinion. And it's a shame because I think Manning's biggest problem was how exposed he was at left back at times. And he was trying to cover that whole flank by himself at times. And, it would be a hell of a step up for a youngster, even though he's 23, 24, with the lack of games he's had to come in and, and do that. So we, we need to shore up that left-hand side to make anyone a better player. That said, 
Walnuts is not really filling me with confidence, and he should be because he's experienced. He, he's, he's got the sense that he should be a better player. I don't know. But can he do any worse? Should be the question, maybe. I don't know. Was that you doing a hatchet job on Miles' end? All <laughs> oh, steady, Nathan. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my actual R's end um, is to say that next week we are doing a special QPR podcast. We've done it once or twice before, but it's half term next week for schools. And we're going to have a special kids podcast next week where I think a couple of us will be on to keep order, but we're going to hand it over to some younger fans. Um, and if you or a, a youngster that you know and you think would be good, would be interested in coming on, please let us know. So it's going to be next Thursday, the 29th, somewhere around five, six o'clock, somewhere like that, that we will do the record. We'd love to hear from them. If you have someone who you think would be suitable, go onto our website at qprpod.co.uk, go onto the Contact Us page, send us an email explaining why they would be. Now, we're very disorganised about this and we haven't decided what ages, but I'm sort of looking at the rest of you on Zoom and I'm thinking sort of somewhere, well, I think we want a mixture. Uh, I would say sort of eight, nine and up would probably be decent age up to sort of young teens that we'd love to hear from. We, We will have a mixture of them on. So if you want to nominate anyone to be on, send us a message. We may not be able to get everyone on, but um, we'll see what we can do. And we'd love to hear from people who would love to come on. That's going to be recorded next Thursday. You know, the last time we did that, my wee girl was on up with Valley Fallen. And next week, she'll probably be drunk somewhere not in the, at university. That's how times change. There you go. <laughs> Things they get older. Right. Hello, Sid. To be fair to her, she did meet a QPR fan on her first day who had a QPR tattoo and listened to the podcast. There you go. Very good. So he bored her about her dad on her yeah. first day. <laughs> um, I feel bad for James N that he needs to No, it's fine. It's, so, uh, it's, our, it's, our, um, it's fake Friday in Dubai. So, oh, um, yes. It's the weekend, isn't so it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm off, I'm off the booze, so uh, don't worry at all. Oh, so no brunch tomorrow. They do brunch in Dubai, don't they? No, no, no brunch, no brunch or drunch tomorrow. So don't uh, don't feel um, don't feel bad at all. Well, let's come to you anyway for your R's end, which is sort of anything anything that you wanted to say that you haven't had a chance to. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it, I, I, this could sound a bit a little bit harsh, but um, I got uh, sort of the impression, I, and I got told that uh, if the FFP constraints weren't there. Um, certainly Ruben uh, would be very willing to uh, take the club forward financially. Um, as I understand, Forrest and uh, Derby have uh, sort of said, sod FFP. Uh, we understand that FFP is going to be virtually out the window this year. So uh, we're going to go a little bit uh, a little bit nuts. Now, obviously, neither team has had a fantastic start to the season. And I certainly don't think any of us want the return to what we saw of... Uh, 2013 time. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, have our owners been impacted massively by COVID? Obviously, Fernandez probably almost certainly has with uh, mm, where we're at. The net airline. Yeah, yeah I, I just thought this might have been a little bit of a... Uh, because, yeah, we, this, this, we, a lot of where we got to financially was because of their mismanagement. And obviously, um, you know, maybe Phil Beard was 
you know, that likes to Hughes and Redknapp maybe uh, manipulated him a bit. But I just thought this might have been a bit of um, a time for them to just maybe uh, show a little bit of clout and maybe just, you know, just up the ante in some of the signings that we went for. Because, you know, we still do, we, we've got the richest owners in the uh, division by some distance. And if, if, if the FFP is out the window, like everyone does seem to think so, maybe we, I'm not saying we want a load of marquee signings. I, I, I don't think it would have been right to bring, you know, Charlie Austin and Adele Tarat back either, because I think that, you know, we, we'd like to remember them for the players that they were, maybe than what the players they, they could be today. But I think when you saw, I'd say what has really pissed me off is like Brentford going out signing a £10 million uh, striker and things like that. Um, you know, we didn't, we, you know, there was a level of player that we could have gone for. Or maybe just would have liked us to see, you know, go for maybe a bit of a high spec player. And I don't know what uh, your thoughts on that are, guys. I think the thing is, we've tried that and we massively screwed it up. Um, no, under, under Warbs, though, maybe would be a little bit more. I, I don't mean going out for a, a marquee, marquee signing, but, you know, yeah. maybe a more established championship player, for example. Do you know what worries um, me, James? I'll be honest with you. What worries me, despite all the signings, FFP is how few season ticket holders we have now that have gone down through the years. We're down to less than 5,000 season ticket holders. Now, that worries the absolute living daylights out of me. Um, where, yeah, yeah. where are those people gone? What's happening? You know, you've got Fulham who extend, 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 and Brentford have built new ground, and we're losing fans hand over fist. What, what the hell's going on? Yeah, it's a good, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good shout. I, st- I think there's a lot of people that are uh, very pissed off with the likes of, uh, you know, Ferdinand and Ramsey. I mean, there's, so, I, th- I think, I think it's split. I think there's a lot of people that think they're great, and I think there's a lot of people that think it's a load of nonsense because. Um, I, did, I didn't want to say it when Jamie was on the uh, phone because obviously he's got to be professional. But um, I, I, I don't think there's an abundance. Of, uh, a lot of our teams are getting hammered week in, week out, um, lower down in the academy. And I don't think there's an abundance. We've brought virtually, we brought very, very few academy players through over the last uh, six years since they've been there. Uh, Shadipo was the only one that was in the squad up until recently. He's gone. We got Kake in the uh, squad. Um, I don't. I think we got lucky with Eze. I don't think we scouted Eze. I think Eze basically went to, you know, he got released from Millwall. Obviously, they're shooting themselves in the foot now. I think he went. He went round and he offered his CV sort of uh, to a lot of places. I, I don't think there is an abundance of players that are uh, coming through. When you look at, you know, there's a lot of good kids at Fulham, and you look at the way Brentford are bringing them out of the. I mean, Brentford have what they must have got seventy million pounds from. Malpay, um, and then the other two. Uh, well, Ben Rama's Watkins, gone. Yeah. Watkins yeah. Um, but don't forget, no, they, Jim, Brentford abandoned their academy three years ago. And yes, what exactly. And, 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 and Ramsey and that came in in 2014. This is, the, uh, this, is the, this, is, this is my point, exactly. They've had long enough to... Uh, their strategy is more, it's more recent than, uh, than having Les and Ramsey. And so that's, that's exactly uh, my point. Uh, we should be seeing more stuff coming through by now. Um, if, if you go back to the glory days, not the glory days, but, you know, um, the days of, like, when the mid-90s, we were bringing your likes of your Andy Impies and that through from non-league, and we were bringing your Kevin Gallons and your DKOs through. We were doing both. Uh, now, we, we have had success with Vese, 100%. We have had success. There's not... Um, and, I, and I think the likes of Dickie... 
And I, and I think a lot of our stuff is down to, you know, warbs and stuff. I don't see the benefits of what is coming from those two. Uh, there's not an abundance of stuff being picked up and developed through. I, th I mean, I think, um, I, I hear what you're saying, James. I think we're still in a phase of trying to that whole, take the whole medicine, our own medicine and kind of still there's still some wounds and scars from the Premier League years. But that being said, you, you might have to ask in a couple of years' time, if we're still floating between 14th and 18th in the Championship, yeah. where, where is the progression? I do, I do think that, you know, in terms of things being long-term projects, if that point in time they've been in roughly those jobs for seven or eight years, that's long enough to say whether something's working or not, for sure. Yeah, I, that's, 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 my, that's, my, that's, that's exactly my... I don't see another... Um, chair, chair, um, chair could be one. Uh, but I don't see uh, see Bright Samuel as well. I understand that was a Gary Penrice um, product, a Gary Penrice Nolly sort of product. So mm. that, you know, they they picked up. So I don't see an abundance of stuff coming through. You know, I, I don't see anything fantastic coming through the academy, and I don't see them. You know, Ebreze is probably a once every five years sort of uh, talent, uh, and where Brentford are picking them up, bosh, bosh, bosh. That's kind of my point. And I agree with what you say. You know, if we're sitting here in 18 months' time and there isn't anything else coming through, I think they have had. And also, you've got to think of the bad ones that have come through in that time as well. The Connor Washingtons and the... Uh, yeah, it was the guy that we got with uh, Lungo. I mean, Mass Lungo, the jury's out on him. He could split QPR fans down the middle. Ben, 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 ben Gladwin. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. Been, there's, been, there's been a lot. There's been quite a lot of... And the French guy, uh, there's been a lot of those as well, hasn't there? That haven't been so uh, so successful. Uh, uh, so personally, what I was saying that is, I think if Warburton doesn't work out, then I think the whole structure will will come crumbling down. That's my own opinion. I've no yeah, I, I, agree I, think, that. I think the whole thing will. If Warbs doesn't work out, then I think if there's going to be a mass change at Rangers that probably people can't really argue with. Paul, whilst yeah. you're talking, whilst you're talking, Paul, give us your eyes end. Um, I'm, 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 I'm struggling with football at the moment because I love, the, 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 uh, you know, I miss yourselves, but you know, the match day experience is is pretty much rubbish, isn't it? I mean, you sort of like rush around like a blue arse fly. You do what you do. You you, you come home. You put yourself in front of your laptop, your TV, or your tablet, phone, whatever, and the cardboard cutouts aren't. Uh, you know, I was expecting them to leave at 75 minutes last night and they sat there and let me down. Um, <laughs> you know, and you're kind of like looking at it and you're thinking, oh, it's just, you know, it's just not right, is it? It's just, I think, and, and my, my fear is that will, the impact after COVID and the lack of fans is that people will change their habits. People will find something else to do because football's a habit that I haven't got out of in the last 40 odd years. And I'm kind of worried what's going to happen to football afterwards. But yeah, it's, it's just... The match day experience for me is crap at the moment. I love, I miss Loftus Road. I miss meeting up with my friends and having a good old crack and, and whinging and shouting and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's just really, I, I find it really depressing to be honest with you. I think the club will come to regret allowing season ticket holders to turn off. So I, I, what I mean is with, with what's recently happened, you, they, you basically were told if you... You either pay and you'll get a rebate at the end of the season. If you don't want to do that, cancel. Do not let people cancel. Whatever you have to do, even if like you're charging them nothing, 
do not let people cancel because what then happens is like you say, people get out of the habit and they don't come back. And I do not know why the club allowed people to actively cancel their season tickets because I fear it could come back to buy well, them. Because now people have to make an effort next year to renew. Well, no, apparently, it, from what I understand, they think it renews automatically. It's kind of you get the season off unless you kept it going and paying. I don't know. I could. Right. It's so flipping misinformation. I don't know. I, I generally don't know. But I, that's the impression I got. No, James. Sorry, go on, Chris. No, I was just going to say that what Paul says is right. I mean, the, I think we, we touched on it last week, I mean, or the week before, but the 90 minutes is, um, while it's very important, I mean, it's just a, a bit of the day, do you know? It's, it's, it's like, and obviously it's, it's fantastic or it's not, but it's the walk into the ground, it's the in the ground, it's what you get to eat, what you get to drink, who you see. And just, yeah, you, it's a routine. It's a Saturday routine every other week if you just go to home games. And yeah, I, I think everyone's the same. Everyone's just a bit of a loose end and and and, and don't want to watch football on your own on a laptop. And, you got, and you've got things to do, things yeah. things to do when you're at home and people saying, what time does this finish? Yeah, and exactly. And this is all a bit boring and... and uh, I'm, yeah. you know, yeah, and kids to put to bed, and you're fitting the game in rather than being there and being present at the game. Uh, it's, yeah. it's no longer it's no longer an event. It's no longer an event. I, yeah. My my hours end. Is really quick. I haven't finished yet. I got oh, my God. Paul, I'm gonna I'm gonna say mine, and then you can have it. All I'm, right. I'm looking forward. To, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a replica copy of the uh, influence kit. That is coming to the club. Yeah. Mm. That was one. Of, that was one of my favourites. So and hopefully, hopefully they'll do the orange one and the red and black away one as well. Now, now like, Paul, did you see how quick James E did his R's in there? Oh God, I never going to happen. Um, so what? Where I will end up, David? I'm sorry about my joke about COVID. I was joking, and I, I feel bad about it now during the podcast. Well, I'll say you should. Say you should. Go on. Um, because to be fair, David did actually ask me if I needed any shopping, and no one else did out of the podcast crew. And by the way, I've got all your t-shirts sent from America, and I've got a. Oh, sort of a, is that from, from Jacob uh, Tingle? Yes, right. thank you, Jacob. I will dispute them. Dispute thank them. You. Dispute them <laughs> when I get a chance. What are you saying? They're not actually t-shirts. They're not uh, actually from Jacob Tingle. Yeah, the CC dresses that um, Ken Hill was talking about the podcast. Right, Paul, have you finished? Thank you. Oh. Bye. oh, wow. Wait, um, okay. <laughs> right, I'm going to finish before before anyone says anything else. This has been a very good podcast, I think. Um, hopefully, everybody who's listening to it thinks the same. Great, Jamie, <laughs> to join us. Um, am, I, am I risking another 10 minutes if I ask for predictions? I'm going to ask for predictions. Please, please, just give the score. I'm going to go round my screen. Predictions is Birmingham. Birmingham. 1-1. One, Birmingham. One. One, one, Chris. Paul. Uh, no idea. We'll probably lose. James N. 2-0 Rangers. 2-0 think... Rangers. I'll go 2-0 Rangers and James E will stay. I was going to say 2-1 Rangers. I will take that. Right. Let's hope you're right. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you to everyone for Thank listening. You. Thanks to Jamie Lasky. This has been Open All Ours. You've been